What are you anxious about? What are you worried about? What concerns your mind? Remember when you were their age? I barely remember. You have things that you're concerned about, right? Things that make you anxious. It comes with a, will people like me? How do I look in my clothes? Um, am I smart enough? Am I doing well in my grades? Uh, are my parents proud of me? What are you anxious about? What makes you nervous? I've told you this before. I probably should not confess this, but I will again. Every time I preach, I can't sleep the night before. The thoughts are spinning, things are going on. I'm so afraid my alarm's not gonna go off and I'm gonna wake up at 8.30 and I haven't shaved and I don't have my clothes on and I, have, I get anxious about it and I pray, Lord, keep me calm and he does. God, the Father, wants to communicate something with you today. And Jesus wants to say something to you today. And the Holy Spirit wants to speak to your heart and your mind. Sometimes listening and focusing on God can be difficult for us. It's hard to find a quiet place where your thoughts and prayers can go. There are so many distractions in the world. My daughter used to go to Southern Adventist University in College Dale. And as you drive up I-75 through the great state of Georgia, there are a lot of billboards. A lot of billboards with a lot of ads. And my eyes would get caught in those and be reading them and interested in them. And you know, political billboards and business billboards. And of course, the most important billboards, where's the food? Where's the food? Anybody heard of social media? It's the world we live in. The gospel can be spread on social media, but we can also become obsessed on social media, and especially, what do other people think about us? I have the joy in my house to live right next to a bus stop for school. Every morning about 6.30, there's a very energetic group of young people playing hide-and-go-seek. And it is not a quiet time at the bus stop. I am not even going to go, I'm not going to get into it. I know you all would love me to. But I am not going to get into politics and those things that can be such a huge distraction. Chuck Colson, who worked in the Nixon White House, he wrote a book, it's in my office, I've been reading it, called Kingdoms in Conflict. Kingdoms in Conflict. There are spiritual kingdoms, and as you heard in first service, there are worldly kingdoms, and these two bang heads together. How about advertising? How distracting can advertising be? I love the mute button during commercials. You gotta mute it. They're a lot more fun to watch when you can't hear what they're saying. So many distractions, and Jesus wants to speak to us, and today we're going to look at a portion of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 24 to 34, 
and we make it really easy for you guys. We put it on the screen, and many of you have your Bibles on your phone, which is cool. I know everyone who's on their phone that I see now, I know you're in your Bible. I know that's what you're doing. You're looking for Matthew 6, 24. Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is introducing himself to the public, and he says to us, he says to you, he says to those people, no one can serve two masters. Many in the crowd were slaves or servants that worked for a master. So this term was relevant to them. They also lived under the political oppression of which empire? Rome. They lived under the political Rome was their political master. Jesus says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. What is mammon? Money, material things, resources. Key words in this verse are serve, masters, loyal, and mammon. It's interesting and it's important for us to remember that Jesus, Jesus did say, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and give to God the things that are God's. Therefore, Jesus says, I say to you, do not worry about your life. And this word worry can mean anxious, concerned, worry, feel nervous. Do not worry about your life, Jesus says. I wonder if there's anyone here, don't stand up, don't raise your hand, that has worries in your life. I worry. So I'm wondering, what is Jesus saying? Can I have no worries? He's going to tell us why we should not let it consume us here in a second. Don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink or your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. We think that a big portion of this group that he was talking to was poor. We think the masses then were poor. Most people in those days, we think, only had about two changes of clothing. They would wear clothes until they wore it out. And if you only had one, I'm not going to get into the details, but there's a lot of hygienic issues to deal with if you only have one suit of clothing. And where to get food from? Today we, we live in a place where we're so blessed. I, I had relatives come visit my grandfather from Czechoslovakia decades ago, and they were amazed at American supermarkets. And one thing they said was, y'all eat corn? People eat corn? We give corn to our animals. You guys are so blessed that you can eat corn? And you know, and they go down the row of food. And this was during something y'all remember, the communism in those countries when the shelves were very, very bare. So in Jesus' time, people were concerned about where's my food going to come from? Did they have refrigerators, microwaves, grocery stores? 
No. Instant this, instant that? No. What am I going to drink? What am I going to drink? And what am I going to wear? So in this verse, the key words, and this word pops up a lot five times in this passage, worry, life, eat, drink, clothing. And then Jesus says to them, look at the birds in the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more important of more value than they? Now, I mentioned earlier, if you ever look at birds, and there's three cranes in the parking lot here. Have you seen them? They were out there this morning when I got here at 8 o'clock, and they were squawking. It scared me to death. Sounded like somebody was dying, the noise they make. They're out there, and they're eating, and they're happy, and they're taken care of, and Jesus says, your father takes care of the birds. Now, one thing we know about birds, if you've observed them, they don't just sit there with their mouth open, looking up into the sky, waiting for God to drop it in their mouth. The babies do. If you've ever seen the babies, that's fun to watch. But birds are out there looking for food, working, but God provides. Jesus says, look at those birds. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value? And then he says, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his statue? When I was in sixth grade, I was this tall. I was the big guy. And I was excited because I was going to be 6'5", 6'9", 7'0". I was going to keep keep growing and getting taller and taller. Guess what? It stopped. As much as I wanted to or would worry, I could not make myself grow. Jesus says, "Um, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his height? I guess we could translate it today. Which of you by worrying about anything that you're doing can change anything? When I was in academy, we went on a mission trip to Dominica after Hurricane David in 1981. That was a long time ago. That was 40 years ago. You guys remember that? Anybody? We went on a mission trip uh, with Maranatha to build some houses and churches and this is going to be shocking to you, but I used to worry a lot back then. And we were in the airport, and I was worried, are we going to be on time? Do we have our bags? Where's our passport? My mom said to me, Steve, I got a job for you. I want you to go in the corner. I want you to worry for all of us over there. Just do all our worrying over there, and we'll take th- care of things over here. It doesn't change anything. It's easy to do. Jesus says, why do you worry about clothing? Boy, times haven't changed, have they? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. How beautiful are flowers that God made. And you know, I'm going to let you in on a secret. Our beauty does not depend on what we wear. Our beauty does not depend depend on what we wear. Jesus says in verse 29, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed 
like one of these. You think Solomon had a big wardrobe? I think he had a lot of crowns, a lot of jewels, a lot of outfits. He was the king, man. He was rich. And Jesus says, Solomon can't compare to the flowers. So he says, if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is gone, thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. And that phrase, I like, to see, I like to interpret it as Jesus saying, why do you have such little faith? When you see all these things that I do, I feed the birds, I clothe the flowers. When you remember everything God has done for you, why do you worry that I cannot take care of you? He says in verse 31, don't worry saying, what shall we eat? Which I know some of you are thinking that right now. What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For all these things, verse 32, the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first what? The kingdom of God. Be kingdom focused and seek his righteousness his way of doing things. And listen to this, here's the promise, and this is a little tricky. Let's not read too much into it. We can read a lot into it, but let's not read too much. And all these things shall be added to you. Key question, does Jesus say when that will happen? And all these things will be added to you. Does he say when? Because I know people that are hungry. I know people that don't have things to drink. I know people that don't have clothes. His promise may not be exactly when we want it, but he promises if you seek my kingdom, these things will eventually be provided for you. So in these verses, the word worry is mentioned five times in 11 verses almost every other verse. I'm sure that there are worries out here today for financial issues. I know everybody has perfect kids here, family issues. I know all your parents are perfect. I know that there are work issues. I know there are relationship issues. I am very aware, and it's overwhelming to me, the health issues that people are dealing with that I see day by day by day in the hospital uh, and in homes and others. Church, we're going through a lot. Jesus says, do not worry about it. I've got it taken care of. I will, will he heal everybody? Be careful, will he heal everybody? Yes, he will. He will, will heal everybody. The question is, we don't know when. When we anoint people in that verse in James, it says, he will raise them up. Doesn't say when. It could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be in a week, it could be at the resurrection and second coming, correct? We tend to want our worries to be fixed now. God says, have faith, be patient. I'll take care of it. So listen to this. Here are the key words read in order and sequence. Just let them sort of flow over you. Here we go. Serve, masters, loyal, mammon, 
worry, life, eat, drink, clothing, birds, heavenly father, feeds, value, worrying, worry, clothes, lilies, Solomon, glory, God, clothes, grass, faith, worry, eat, drink, wear, seek, first, kingdom of God, his righteousness, worry, tomorrow, the day, trouble. He said, you got enough trouble today. Don't worry about the trouble for tomorrow. I told this in first service, so if you've, you, you heard it, forgive me. The, the little girl that went to an ice cream stand and it said, free ice cream tomorrow. Man, she was excited. I know you don't know how the story's gonna end, do you guys? No, no, no idea, right? No, no idea. Should I tell it again? Yeah, okay. Free ice cream tomorrow. She was so excited, she hardly slept. She got up early the next morning. She ran down there and she said, I'm here for my free ice cream. And he said, what free ice cream? Well, the sign says free, free ice cream tomorrow. He says, what is it now? It's today. It's not tomorrow. Free ice cream tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. Things never come. Some of our, a lot of our worries never come. My dad had heart disease. We worried about him for 30 years for his heart disease. And he died of leukemia. We were worrying about the wrong thing. We, we, I would go out to play golf with him and I was so scared he would have a heart attack on the golf course. And uh, he would sp spray nitro to help his heart and he would spray the nitro and he'd say, don't tell your mom, don't tell your mom. We went home, the first thing we did, tell mom. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things you worry about when you're in school, when you're in college, when you're a parent, when you're married, when you're a grandparent. Our daughter who lives in Chicago, when she moved to Chicago and we left her in Chicago, all by herself in Chicago, one of the worst days of my life. Big city, Chicago. And one day, we tried to call her and she didn't answer. We tried to call her later and she didn't answer. We called her work, she wasn't at work. She called her boyfriend, we called her boyfriend, he didn't know where she was. We kept calling and calling and I really started to panic and get anxious and get nervous and my mind went down every avenue of what could happen. So, you know who we called next? The police. Not a call you want to make. They went to her door. She answered the door. When we talked to her on the phone, I was at my mom's house in Ohio. I literally fell on the floor from anxiety, exhaustion. I was so relieved. I, I thought this story was going to end not well, and it ended good. We worry about a lot of things that never happen. We worry about a lot of things that never, ever happen. Jesus said, you've got enough trouble for today. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. 
So as we focus on God's kingdom, what are some key points that we take away from this passage of Jesus? Well, in the Bible, we know, number one, only God's kingdom is eternal. Only God's kingdom is eternal. You remember Daniel, Daniel 2, Babylon, Greece, Persia, Rome. Where are they today? They are gone. All human kingdoms eventually fall. And you remember in Daniel 2, that stone came down out of heaven and knocked down that idol. And Daniel was told, this is the kingdom of God which lasts forever. So I think we want to be in that kingdom that lasts forever. Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome, Egypt, the Ottoman Empire, British Empire. We had a little something to do about that in this country with the British Empire fading away in the revolution. The Nazis, uh, the USSR. Who remembers the USSR? Somebody knew the answer in the choir here. The United Soviet Socialist Republic, Russia. Who knew it first period? He knew it, yeah. Okay, bonus points to him. Good. Where are they? They're gone. Number three, and this is important, we choose what kingdom we want to be a part of. We get to choose. We get to choose. Does God want you to be in his kingdom? Oh yeah, does Jesus want you there? Do you want to be a part of it? If he wants you there and you want to be there, you're there. I hate to tell you, I hope nobody here thinks this. I have a lot of people that I talk to, even at end of life, I hope I'm going to be in heaven. Why would you not be in heaven? Jesus, God loves you so much. Have certainty. First John 5 says, I write these things to you that you may know that you have what? Eternal life. So we get to choose it. We get to choose which kingdom we're a part of. Now that's not always an easy thing because as we go through life, we are going to be tempted to be part of other kingdoms. Remember Revelation? How many of the angels went with Lucifer? One third, can you believe that? One third of the perfect angels said we are gonna go with his kingdom. That's just amazing. 33% gone. You and I have to make that same choice. Are we gonna go with God? Or are we gonna go with Satan's kingdom? We get to choose. Number five, Jesus focused, and if you read the Gospels, please read the Gospels. He focused his life and teachings on the kingdom of heaven. We're told at the beginning of the Gospels, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the good news of the kingdom of heaven. It's good news. And you go, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are the peacemakers. At the beginning of Matthew 5, he says, these are the kind of people that will be in my kingdom. So question for you, are you living a life that is kingdom of God focused? The central issue for all humans from the Garden of Eden to the end of time is who do you worship? This, from Genesis to Revelation, everything in between 
Who do you worship? Solomon, who we mentioned earlier. Did Solomon always stay faithful to God? Was he? No. No, he worshiped other gods. He said he worshiped the, the gods of his wives. Um, and he wasn't perfect, but he came around at the end. So who and what do you give and live your life for? God's looking for that. And Jesus is calling you, he's calling me today to be a part of his kingdom. I hate to break it to you, but he was not creating a kingdom on earth. Be very careful of anyone who tells you on earth that they're creating God's kingdom. Just be careful. Any institution, any political party, any teaching, if, uh, if yeah, just be careful. Y'all, we're going to go back in time again, too, to the 70s. They probably don't remember. Jim Jones, you remember Jim, Jim Jones, Jonestown? That whole group that went to South America followed him because he said he was speaking for God. And then he told them some things that were not good and they all committed suicide with him. Be careful who you're following. So today, God calls us all today, make his kingdom a priority. How do you seek the kingdom? In prayer. I hope everybody's praying here. You know this saying, they said there will always be prayer in school as long as there are tests in school. You know, prayer is a big political debate in school. But I want you to go to your personal life. Are you praying? Are you talking to God? You should, we should, I should be taking all my anxieties to him. I hope that we are reading the Bible and searching and seeking the Bible. Another way we can seek him is nature. Romans 2 says that the glory, have the nature declare, the heavens declare the glory of God. We can learn about God in nature. Worshiping together, we seek God. Helping other people, we seek God. Serving people, we seek God. Jesus says, seek first my kingdom. Be kingdom focused. So whatever your anxiety is today, and um, you can find a lot of things to be anxious about. Whatever our anxiety is today, let's give them to Jesus. Let's give them to God. Let's put our focus on his kingdom, which is eternal. Jesus said, what is a prophet, a man, if he gains what? The whole world, but loses his soul. We know this. We know this. The kingdom of heaven begins when? Now. It's here. Jesus said it's here. And it carries over into heaven. At the, at the beginning of this chapter, the famous prayer is, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom is here. Are you a part of it? Are you seeking it? Are you making it your first priority? Jesus is calling you to make that decision. And I didn't say this in first service. I'm not going to make an altar call, but I am going to say this. If there's anyone online or anyone here or behind me, if you have never given your life to Jesus, take the time today to do that and say that prayer. 
Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, I give my life to you. I want to be in your kingdom. Blessings to you as we seek his kingdom together and focus on Jesus.